So this evening we'll be in Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verses 8 through 14. We've come all the way through the book of Song of Solomon, and here in the last few verses, we see, you might say, a little bit of closing advice about virtue. We see not only this question of what to do about virtue, but also we see an example of good virtue here in these last few verses, concluding what Solomon writes down for us here about the relationship between a husband and a wife. We'll start reading there in Song of Solomon chapter 8 and verse 8 where it says, We have a little sister and she hath no breasts. What shall we do for our sister in the day when she shall be spoken for? If she be a wall, we will build upon her a palace of silver. And if she be a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. I am a wall and my breasts like towers. Then was I in his eyes as one that found favor. Solomon had a vineyard at Baal Haman. He let out the vineyard unto keepers. Everyone for the fruit thereof was to bring a thousand pieces of silver. My vineyard, which is mine, is before me. Thou, O Solomon, must have a thousand, and those that keep the fruit thereof, two hundred. Thou that dwellest in the gardens, the companions, hearken to thy voice, cause me to hear it. Make haste, my beloved, and be thou like to a roe or to a young heart upon the mountains of spices. Before we go any further, I ask you to join me in prayer. God, we thank you that you give us here in Scripture an example of what a godly and virtuous relationship ought to look like. We know that Chances are so many times we fall short of living out your example, of seeing your example, and of encouraging others to follow your example. But yet we've seen as we've looked through this book how important it is to stick with your example because it is a picture of Christ in the church. We pray this evening that you give me the words that need to be spoken. Help us to take this message, to apply it in our lives, that it would be your words and not my own. We pray for those around us who are lost, who don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Help us to share the gospel with them before it's too late. We pray that you guide our church in the direction you would have us to go. Help us to be people who are willing to reach those around us with the gospel. We pray that you be with the many that are on our prayer list, that you meet those needs in accordance with your will and help us to understand your will as you do so. We pray that you'd help us when we leave here today to not only take what we see here, but what we see throughout your word, to apply it in our lives and to live in a way that would bring honor and glory to you. We ask these things in Jesus' name because we love him. Amen. Now we all understand 
or we should, the concept of virtue. We even see it modeled supposedly in our marriages nowadays because when people get married, you ever notice what color the bride wears? They always wear white, don't they? Supposed to be a symbol of virtue and purity there. And we see here, as Song of Solomon concludes, you know, it's a whole book that speaks on the relationship between a man and a woman, between a husband and a wife. And here, these, these that are speaking have a question. You know, what do we do? We've got a little sister. She's not quite grown yet, but what do we do as she gets older? What if she's virtuous? What if she's not? And we even see the Shulamite herself as an example of a virtuous woman. We see a couple of things in our passage this evening. The first thing we see is that faithfulness and modesty are commendable. This virtuous woman is a commendable one. Notice they ask, they say in verse 8, we have a little sister and she hath no breasts. They're saying she's still young. She's still not grown, but what shall we do, they say, for our sister in the day when she shall be spoken for? When she gets older, when she's old enough that she's about to be spoken for, what should we do for her? What's the best way we can act to deal with this? And what do they say in verse 9? They say, if she be a wall, we will build upon her a palace of silver. So the first thing they speak about is what if she's a virtuous young lady? What if she grows up to be a commendable young lady? If she says if she be a wall, you know, if she's this example of virtue, what are they going to do for her? They're going to build upon her a palace of silver. They'll make her attractive because they know that they can trust that she will be modest and faithful and do what she ought to do. If she's a virtuous young woman, they don't mind allowing her to be attractive because they know that she knows the right and the wrong. We see even the Shulamite speaks of herself in the same way. She says, I am a wall. Now we've seen what kind of woman she was. It, she's a woman that spoke highly of throughout this book, of being such a wonderful woman. And she says, I am a wall. And my breasts like towers. She says, even though she was an attractive woman, she was a virtuous woman. Even though she was a woman that would catch his eye, she also had virtue. And says, Then was I in his eyes as one that found favor. 
It wasn't just her looks, it was her virtue. It was the fact that she was an attractive woman who could be virtuous. An attractive woman who could be faithful. An attractive woman who had her focus in the right place because we see just that. In the next couple of verses, we see it says Solomon had a vineyard at Baal Haman. Now, as we've seen throughout the book of Song of Solomon, this idea of a vineyard or of a garden comes back into play. As he led out the vineyard unto keepers, every one for the fruit thereof was to bring a thousand pieces of silver. And then she says, My vineyard which is mine is before me. Thou, O Solomon, must have a thousand, and those that keep the fruit thereof two hundred. Now notice where her focus is. She says, you know, my vineyard says Solomon gets first dibs on that. He gets the biggest part. He gets the great focus there. Where is her focus? Firstly, on him. Where is her faithfulness focused on him? She's even reminiscing verses 13 and 14 thou that dwellest in the gardens the companions hearken to thy voice cause me to hear it she wants to hear his voice she says she's remembering all this time it says make haste my beloved and be thou like to a row or to a young heart upon the mountains of spices this desire for the two of them to be together she's a virtuous woman they're encouraging other young women, as this book comes to a close, to be that kind of virtuous woman. Because that is what is good. That is what is right. That is what fits this model of Christ in the church, is this virtuous bride. Beautiful but also virtuous. Now we live in a day and time where virtue quite often goes out the window, don't we? You see it nowadays, you turn on your TV and half of the things on TV, you just about have to change the channel. But yet you see what do they speak of being virtuous here? You know, she's a wall. She's boarded up. A wall is something that's closed off. Said so we'll build upon her a palace of silver. You know, we can make a wall attractive. Said if she's a door, we've got to worry about closing that door. But we can sure make a wall attractive. Just because something's wrapped up doesn't mean it can't be attractive. We're coming right on the Christmas season, aren't we? And I guarantee you, every one of us, as it gets closer to Christmas, we'll start to see presents wrapped up, won't we? Now those presents, they get wrapped in paper on them. They're covered up. You can't see what's in them. 
But I guarantee you, every one of those little kids loves Christmas presents. That's part of the fun of having Christmas is it's wrapped up. You know, we live in a day and time when folks could learn from that kind of an example. We see we live in a society where virtue is thrown out the window. People say, don't worry about that. Don't worry about what others think. Don't worry about standards. But what do we see here? The virtuous bride is commended. This faithful bride is commended. Why? Because it's an example of Christ in the church. How should the church be? Shouldn't the church be virtuous? Shouldn't the church be faithful? Shouldn't the church be focused on Christ? And so when we throw out that example when we throw out that model, then we've got problems. There's virtue that's supposed to be modeled. We see it throughout Scripture. You look throughout Scripture and you see this idea of virtue pointed out. Another book that we see attributed to Solomon is the book of Proverbs. <laughs> Now, what question does he ask over there in Proverbs 31 and 10? He says, who can find a virtuous woman? So, you know, her price is far above rubies. There ought to be virtue in our day and time. That's what ought to be modeled. And this doesn't just affect women, does it? You look, it says, we have a little sister. They're saying, you know, they're, this influences them too. It says, we will build upon her a palace of silver. They would encourage it, this virtue. Because it was just as important to them. Our culture, as Christians, ought to reflect that kind of virtue. Our culture, as Christians, ought to encourage virtue. And I think so many times it fails to. So many times in our day and time, we, we just kind of look at it and say, well, you know, that's whatever anybody wants to wear, whatever anybody wants to do. But we see here in Song of Solomon a culture that encourages virtue. 
that encourages faithfulness, that encourages this right behavior, and says it's a commendable thing because they recognize the importance. How important is virtue? When we see that over there in Ephesians, the same picture that the bride represents the church. You see over there in Ephesians 5 where it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it, that it should be holy and without blemish. Why is virtue so important? Because the church is supposed to be virtuous. The church is supposed to be holy and without blemish. That's why that virtue is so important. That's why when we see a bride walk the aisle on her wedding day, that white ought to mean something. Because that's to point us to the truth of Christ in the church. And that's just all there is to it. It is an example. It is a picture that we need to make sure is being lived out in our day and time. We see, first of all, this evening, that we can see the virtue that a faithful bride represents. This virtue is a good thing. This virtuous young woman is a commendable thing. I tell you, in our day and time, it would be wonderful if that was more common than it is. Because we see the flip side of the coin. And it doesn't speak much on this, but it does speak a little bit on this flip side. It says that immodesty and unchasteness are condemned. Now, notice they said, you know, if we got a, we got this little sister, she's not mature yet, but, you know, what are we going to do when she gets older? And they've said, you know, she's a wall, we're going to build her up, build on her a palace of silver. The Shulamite has been described as a wall, but what's the other option? It says, and if she be a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. Now remember, they're living in a culture and in a day and time when cities are walled. As you go around these city walls, there are also doors. There are also the gates to the city. So you've got buildings and you've got cities and all of these things are walled and these walls are good. But then you've got doors. So in contrast to this virtuous young woman, 
You say, what if she's a door? What if she's less than virtuous? They say, if she be a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. Very simple statement. But what are they saying? They're saying, we're going to do our best to make sure she stays virtuous, aren't they? We will enclose her with boards of cedar. Now, cedar would have been perhaps the strongest thing they could have got in that day and time, the strongest lumber that they could have got to board up a door with. You know, Israel's not too far south of Lebanon, and you see in Scripture, speaking of the cedars of Lebanon, these big, strong trees. You know, we might, to put that in modern terms, say they're going to bolt it down or weld it down. They're going to fasten it down good. They're saying we're going to bar the door, is what they're saying. If she be a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. So, you know, if she's not virtuous, we're going to do our best to make sure that she's virtuous. Because we see the danger in failing to follow that example. We see the danger in failing to do what's right. Now, that's their, their little sister. That You know, it's not them, but they're worried about her virtue. So they say, if she be a door, we will enclose her with boards of seed. No, they wanted to make sure that there was virtue there. Now we can understand that, can we not? They're saying, you know, if this young woman, she's not virtuous, they were going to try their best to keep her virtuous because they saw the value in her being virtuous. They didn't want her to be ruined. They didn't want her to be spoiled. Because you see, the way it describes over there in Ephesians that without spot and without blemish, they understood this idea of a pure and undefiled bride. They said, we'll enclose her with boards of cedar. Now, we don't want things to go bad, do we? We don't want things to be spoiled. We don't want things to have blemishes or otherwise be ruined. Think about your food in your pantry. When you go to the store. You notice almost all of it is packaged in some sort of plastic or something to preserve it to keep it from getting ruined, isn't it? Even before that was the case, what did all the old-timers do? They took all their vegetables in and they canned them. You still see some people doing that today, canning things. Why? To keep it and preserve it. To make it still usable on down the road. To preserve it till the time it's needed. 
What are they saying they're going to do? They're going to preserve as best they can. This little sister, if she's not so virtuous. Because they understand the danger there. They understand that there is a danger in this unchasteness, this unvirtuous nature. Because it ruins the picture of Christ in the church, doesn't it? It mars the picture of Christ in the church. It deviates from God's perfect plan. Because he designed it the way he did to paint this picture of Christ in the church. They were concerned about their little sister and her virtue. Because they understood the importance of it. You know, what we can see this evening is we can see the danger is strained from the biblical design for relationships. God designed things the way he did with a specific plan and a specific purpose. And our culture today, as we've looked at throughout the book of Song of Solomon, fails to recognize that design. But that is so awful. There is a serious danger there is a danger in our culture today where relationships go too far without marriage there is a danger in our culture today when people don't practice modesty there is a danger in our culture today when people are looking at things that they ought not look at. There is a danger in this unchasteness. And the danger is that it deviates from the model of Christ in the church. It detracts from the model of Christ in the church. I think our churches today would be in far better shape if they had better examples to look at. But yet we live in a country Where marriage has become an afterthought rather than the norm. We live in a country and in a place where marriage is counted as something that can be as easily dissolved as started. And yet we wonder why people don't understand that they ought to be in church. We wonder why people don't understand 
the things they are obligated to do as a Christian, the way they ought to be serving Christ. It's the same reason that if we look at a picture that's been half tore up, we can't see what it's supposed to be. We're mutilating the image and then wonder why people can't understand what they're looking at, understand what it's supposed to be. We can see the danger this evening in straying from the biblical design for relationships. You know, we ought to be so committed to it that we not only ourselves strive for virtue in our own relationships, but that we encourage others toward it because we see the importance and recognize the importance. You know, we've seen this evening how this virtuous woman is built up and commended. The Shulamite here has put forth as an example of a virtuous woman. She has love and has desire for her groom, for Solomon, but yet she follows the right pattern and her faithfulness and her virtue are commendable traits and likewise we see this potential unchaste and immodest young woman says what if she's a door and says how big of a problem that is what we can take away from this is that we can seek to honor God in our relationships because we see how relationships paint this picture of Christ in the church. We've seen it throughout the book of Song of Solomon. We've seen it throughout each and every verse in this book. We know that the relationship between a husband and a wife, between a man and a woman, paints the picture of Christ in the church. And as believers in Christ, we ought to not only desire to paint that picture for ourselves, but to encourage others to model that picture well. We ought to be encouraging others to do what is right and what is virtuous. Because we recognize the importance of virtue. You know, I think the lost would understand just what Christ has done for us better if Christians followed this. Because the picture we see is that Christ takes us and makes us pure and undefiled, doesn't he? He makes his church spotless. He is the reason the church has virtue. And when virtue is thrown out the window, people fail to see that. But it's such an important truth. We ought to seek to model virtue for the lost world around us. And that's what we've seen throughout the book of Song of Solomon. 
is that this virtue is how that picture of Christ and the church is painted. 